Hi, and welcome to Australia's first Let's Talk Tiny Houses podcast. My name is Christine, and ever since laying eyes on my first tiny house, I wanted to know more about the movement, the lifestyle, the communities, and most of all, how I can go tiny. While on my tiny journey, gathering information and meeting amazing like-minded people, I started thinking, apart from my business, how could I contribute back to the movement? Then I was introduced to podcasting and that was my light bulb moment. I'm so thrilled that through this podcast, I am able to bring you an amazing cast of co-hosts who all bring their own unique skills, knowledge, and advice to each episode. All of us are extremely passionate about the tiny house movement and want to share our experience, expertise, and enthusiasm with our listeners. Each week, we will bring you a special guest interview or particular hot topic discussion that relates to tiny living for your listening pleasure. Okay, let's jump in and find out who we have with us this week. So just that two-week pilot, you changed people's lives and uh, one of your volunteers mentioned the story of the young man who, because he got a good night's sleep, he then went on to pop himself into rehab. That's right, you know, I don't know what I was expecting from from the pilot I just wanted to to get it up and running and provide this safe space for people to get a good night's sleep that was my main that was my main goal to just get it running to start yeah just <laughs> to start it because it took so long and, and going through that red tape I was thinking well every day is, it, that's a delay is a day I've missed to try and help someone so just to physically get it off off the ground literally was was incredible but for me before we talk about that particular example a few days in, one of our guests came up to me with probably the most profound statement that I heard throughout throughout the two weeks, which was, he came up to me and went, Norm, that's the first time I've had a dream in years, which I wasn't expecting to hear. And it took me so left field that I had to, I, I choked up straight away when I heard that and I had to take myself off into a corner to compose myself. But once I've done that and reflected on that, I thought, well... Of course, because people that are sleeping rough, they don't get into a situation where they're in a deep sleep because they're sleeping with the proverbial one eye open in fear of being attacked or having their belongings stolen or, or they're being constantly moved on. So they're not getting into a deep sleep. So to hear that was amazing. And it took me so out of the field. I was like, wow, that's incredible. But then from there, uh, like you mentioned, we had a male guest that after a consistent period of a great night's sleep, he had the clarity of mind to book himself into rehabilitation for six months. Wanted to get his life back on track. Oh. A female guest, because she was being able to sleep at night, was able to get a job in the day. Mm. And she was saying, Norm, can you wake us up at 4.30 so I can start getting ready for work? I was like, wow, that's incredible. And then on, on the last night, honestly, it was the Kleenex were everywhere because <laughs> we had people coming down and hugging us and saying how we changed their life. They'd been off drugs for a certain period of time while they were staying with us. They didn't, you know, they didn't, what you've got to try and understand is being thrown into an environment as harsh as trying to live outside mm. and trying to sleep on concrete or on a bench or in a park or under a bridge and living with that fear of being attacked or having your belongings stolen and being and acquiring a superpower of invisibility because no one sees you. That after a period of time, and sleep deprivation is a massive issue, by the way, for people that sleep rough because 
it affects both physical and mental health. After a period of time, you get to a point where like, I need something that's going to give me comfort. And what's that going to be? And I concluded it's probably one of three things. You come to a fork in the road and you go, which way am I going to go? Is it going to be to the bottom of a bottle? Mm. Is it going to be to another substance? Or is it going to be a darker path? Which we probably don't want to talk about. So I understand it that why people look to get some sort of comfort. And I empathise with it because part of my journey was to go out onto the streets of Brisbane and try and sleep rough, which I didn't. So I could see the issue and see the gap. So to hear that was amazing. Mm. So the last night, forget it, the, the Kleenex were out <laughs> because people were hugging us and kissing us and saying, you've changed my life, been off drugs. And I'm like, I'm crying and going, wow, this is amazing. But then I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've got to put these people back out onto the street tomorrow. That was really hard. Oh. That was really hard. Yeah. But um, in back to the expectations, yeah, it just blew the expectations out of the water because this was just two weeks. I know this is going to have a massive impact on people's lives moving forward. Yeah. And that's what I'm working hard to do now. That's it. That's what I was going to ask. So you've made a difference, but what's next? Do you need a hand? How does how yeah, people it, help? You know, honestly, I mean, I've, I've been watching over the last few months as, as, as Australia's been gripped and, and terrorised and, and being um, decimated by the bushfires. And, you know, seeing people's generosity in, in, in Australia's time of need. And I wish I had Celeste Barber in my fundraiser to be <laughs> tell you, because she's done an amazing job. And it's been amazing to see how Australians have, have, have come to the aid of one another. It always... Um, surprises me and we saw it here in you know in 2011 when we had the floods and how people came together as a community to to help out but ultimately you know for me with bed down it, it we're a small charitable organization we need the funding to bring brisbane back um got a very exciting prospect in sydney at the moment with um looking to do a pilot down there for youth aged 18 to 25 so spend a lot of time in sydney i think sydney will become a, an important hub for bed down full stop because i think there's a lot of corporate funding philanthropic funding and high net worth individuals there that will will help to power bed down into the future mm. but ultimately at the moment it's all about fundraising and it's been very difficult around <laughs> the bushfires i might say mm. but it, it is what it is and 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 look rightfully so the attention's there and it needs to be there but for us for a small charity to make that impact on people's lives we do need the funding yeah i'm working hard on that at the moment. yeah and um you're overwhelmed with volunteers apparently Volun- you've got a long waiting list Volun- volunteers is very interesting because we're just sort of saying about the reality was I didn't have enough volunteers for the pilot. And going into the pilot, I had I had 100 volunteers on a waiting list. Channel 7, Channel 7 have been amazing. And, and I've never experienced anything going viral in my life until going through this process with Bed Down because we had, an, we had the first story air, it's nearly a year, March the 9th last year, the first story aired. And I originally thought, if I get a little bit of exposure, locally that people see what i'm looking to do if you get a thousand views on the channel 7 facebook page i'll be super happy with that you know that went into millions of views and all the rest of it and i was like far out <laughs> it just seemed to resonate with so many people and mm-hmm. i was like, i've got the validation around australia so when channel 7 came in to do the follow-up story during the pilot and i'm thinking well is it going to get anywhere near that first story now because we've set the benchmark with that first story that went to another level but as a result of that my volunteer waiting list went from 100 to where we're up to probably nearly just 
shy of 2,000 at the moment across Australia. Wow. And there's a big concentration of people here in, in, in the Brisbane region. So we've got lots of people out there wanting to help. Yeah. At the moment, you don't want to get lots of volunteers on board because the next thing is, when, when, when can we get in and start helping people? And at the moment, I can't say, well, it's going to be next week or next month or, or when, it, when it's going to be. So hence, it all then comes back to raising the funding Definitely. so we can start operating. But yeah, we've got a load of people that want to volunteer for Bed Down, which is incredibly so, humbling. Yeah. So if um, people were wanting to donate towards Bed Down, would they just pop onto your website? That's right, yeah. We, we've got links to donate there. Yes. And we're a fully registered charity, so people can get the receipt of anything over $2 donated. Yes. Yeah. Is that a tough process, getting the charity status? Not well, that was is one level, but yeah, that was all that was all part of the process last year as mm. well. Is like going through all this red tape, and then you know behind the scenes there, I had a great lawyers called Denton's lawyers that helped in kind. They they they, they helped pro bono and in kind to help us get registered as a charitable organisation. That probably took because we had to incorporate as a not for profit first, then mm. before we applied for. That was a crazy week, actually. I mean, yeah, I'll you know, talk about that. That was sorry a to bring that back week. to you. No, 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 you can see it clicking over it, in your head. No, now. it was an amazing week, it, but, but that whole process probably took a few months. Mm. And that's the benefit of having I've someone had some that goes people, in that space. It takes years, so to do it in two right. months, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, but we had a crazy week where we got the planning approval. We we'd already been incorporated as a not for profit, mm. and then we registered to become a charity on a Wednesday. And I'm thinking bureaucracy, this is going to take a while. Within 24 hours, we got our charity status back from the ACNC. I was like, far out, that's great. So by the Thursday, we were a registered charity. Then on the Friday, the last part of the puzzle dropped in. We got the planning approval. Uh, sorry, the building code and compliance approval. So that was all three that's things that happened in quick <laughs> succession. I was like, wow, okay. Now we need to start training volunteers because this is it. Yeah. So yeah, that was an amazing week. So you have a training program for your volunteers or well, a little workshop that they go to? Yeah, it's, pretty, it's what we call a volunteer orientation session. So it's like a two, three-hour sort of workshop about bed down, our values, our core values, and what we're about, and so on and so forth, what people should expect on a shift, and so on and so forth. Oh. So it takes about two or three hours to go through, depending on the conversation and such. Is there one service that you um, would love to be able to provide, but you, you're either haven't had the volunteers or not able to? I'm always looking at ways of adding extra value and we've had a few people reach out. So not long after the pilot had finished, I met met a guy on the Gold Coast and and once we get Brisbane up and running, I'll bring him in. He's a personal trainer. So he reached out to me and um, he's not a personal trainer. I'd love to get involved with Bed Down. And on the way to that meeting, I'm thinking... You start visualising what th- something's going to look like. I'm thinking, well, how's this going to look? He's going to have like weights and things set up in this in this car park, and people are going to be doing like a boot camp and stuff <laughs> at, at night time. But it wasn't until I, in, it, and it was totally different when I got to meet him. He was like, well, no, I want to I want to approach it from like a physio perspective because people are on their feet all day and they might have something. I was like, wow. I already thought about five people straight away that he'd be able to help with, like you know, helping with muscles and muscle pains and back. So I was like, right. He's in. And recently I've had people reaching out about things like aromatherapy, you know, mindful mm. mindfulness. Yes. So yoga and ways of meditation and, and things of calming the mind before trying to go to sleep. Yeah. And I'll, I'll try anything to see if it adds value, but that sort of thing I can see 
potentially working with aromatherapies to help calm people's, you know, if they're anxious yeah. and stuff and get them into a nice sort of relaxing um, before they go to bed. Exactly. And sleep. I mean, and, and this was one of the things I, you know, I was laughing at often throughout the pilot was being in a car park and people get into such a deep sleep that they're snoring their heads off. And you've got like this orchestra of people snoring. It, it like literally sounded like V8 supercars running around this blooming car park. It was incredible to listen to. It was so heartwarming yeah. to hear that people were getting into such deep sleeps. They, they were in such a safe and trusted yes, environment exactly. that they didn't need to That's be worrying it. about anything. And they knew if they looked up or whatever before that they, they could see that we were there and they were, you know, yeah. watching over them. All these like the guardian angels for a night, you know. Yeah. So that's gorgeous. Oh my gosh, oh, this is so amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So our main listenership is actually in America. For real. For real. Wow. For real. For reals. Um. And then Australia. Hi America. Hi America, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. Um. I've seen lots of. Um, initiatives over the years because tiny houses are much further along in their um, following and their evolution. Um, evolution, yes, that's a great word. Um, yes, so there were people who were using tiny houses or micro houses for addressing homelessness. And one that always sticks in my mind is this gentleman, I'm pretty sure it was in California. He took it upon himself to start building these micro houses on trailers and taking them out and giving them to homeless people. And it provided them with an address. And there was one story where a woman was able to get her children back because they were taken from her because she didn't have an address. Yeah. So there could be more to the story um, mm. and 100% of the details. I'm just That is what I remember. I'm like, he has given someone an address, That's a it. safety spot, mm. and now she can reunite with her children and you know it's work huge, towards improving mm. all their lives. It, it, it's amazing. And it's a massive issue here when you haven't got an address so if you're applying for a job or you're trying to get benefits and all this sort of thing it's very difficult if you haven't got an address so yeah i can see the benefit in tiny tiny homes tiny houses micro homes yeah moving forward and and for me you know the big part of the model is to get people into longer term solutions and one of them is obviously accommodation mm. and there's this whole conversation about housing first mm. and affordable accommodation for people but you know in australia we got we got people that have got jobs you got couples that can't afford to buy a home mm. so that they're, they're not able to afford a house so mm. how's someone that's literally on the street going to be able to get into an affordable house so there's many many barriers to overcome but i think yeah the the, the tiny home thing is extremely interesting to me yes in terms of what that looks like in the future yeah for sure yeah um and we we know that you've been recognized recently Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are a stalker. I'm getting worried. I, I, I'm either going to give no. you a, the number one fan badge or something like that. Oh, I a think. badge. I or love that. But no, it's like, dun, 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 Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. I love that show too. So I'm, I'm like an inspector. <laughs> Detective. Yeah. Go, go, Gadget Arm. Yes. Um, so would you like to let us know about the award that you won yeah. recently? Yeah, so that came totally left field, again. Part of, part of the journey that really... There's been many things that surprised me along the way. And, you know, you things that you think, well, 
how, how does this happen? And an organisation called Supreme Master Ching Hai, hopefully I've said that, I'm sorry, if, apologise if I've got that messed up, Supreme Master Ching Hai, uh, organisation based out of Taiwan, started very much, we were just talking about uh, mindfulness and meditation, started as a spiritual meditation group many, many years ago, and then sort of grew into a very successful, very successful lines of business from jewellery to books to a vegan chain of restaurants called The Loving Hut, which they're all over all over the world. And they have them here in Australia, in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. To look out for that. Literally, I had an email one Saturday night and it came in the middle of the night. And I, honestly, when I first, the, my, my first pass of it was, this sounds like a scam. <laughs> Mm. You know, remember them old Nigerian yeah. mm-hmm. emails you used to get? Please give us your bank account details and all yes. this sort of stuff. And it was very nicely worded, but it was like bank account details and so on and so forth. And then there was a few attachments, like letters and things. And when I started reading these attachments, it went into a lot of detail of, of how I came about with, with Bed Down. So they're like, like yourself, done a, very, a lot of research. And I thought, wow, okay, maybe this, maybe there's more, more to this than meets the eye. So I thought, well, I'm just going to send it round the board and bed down. So there's, there's five people on the board. So I said, hey, hey, folks, what do you think to this? And they all read it and came to the same conclusion that it looked, it looked above board. But I didn't want to just dive straight in. I was like, thank you for this. This is amazing. I'd love to meet you face to face. So we arranged to go in and, and meet the organisation that they've got a Mount Gravatt. Oh, yeah. Restaurant. Please, listeners in Australia yeah. and, and Brisbane, oh. if you're in that region, go and check them out. Yeah, Paddy might the take you to dinner. Yeah, I'm out. So, so I went in there, met Alan B- B- Big New, Binu. Hopefully, I pronounced his name right as well. He he runs that restaurant, and and sure enough, above board, they're all about love and compassion, and looking for organisations around the world that are, are spreading love and compassion. And our model is very much based on compassion, empathy, and obviously love. And they they come across us, and they wanted to recognise us with the Shining World Compassion Award, which come with a donation as well, hence the bank account details that they want. And I went along um, last week to collect this beautiful, mm-hmm. beautifully heart-shaped crystal award and a lovely framed letter. Yeah, amazing. It's it's almost like that that saying, "Don't judge a book by its cover." And it was just the way it come through, yeah. and it's like, you know, double take, is this for real? But it was, it was so, so we got this international recognition from it's Taiwan. Amazing. Yeah, the Shining World Compassion Award. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Oh, I can so I can believe it, I'm still trying to like, wow, did that happen? Did, you, <laughs> did that really happen? Did your wife Leslie go with you? No, she was working at the time, she's, oh. she's in a full-time, full-time work during the day, so I had uh, Natalie Raymond, who's on the board of Bed Down, was one of those very first conversations that I had. So she's joined us on the board of Bed Down. She joined me. Oh, yeah. how lovely. So that was amazing. Yes. Yeah. And last week, um, actually, when we first, when I first emailed you, so Norm, I had a moment, like you had a moment, um, emailing Peter, because I was like, I've been saying to Patty, oh, I want to interview Norm. I want to interview <laughs> Norm. And so this one night I'm going through, getting myself all sorted, going through my list, and I'm like, I'm going to email Norm tonight. Oh, I hope he messaged me back. <laughs> and you messaged me back straight away, and I was like, Patty! <laughs> no, no, I, 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 any opportunity um, 
I've done a few podcasts actually, and you were talking about America. I actually done one in Oklahoma. Oh, cool! Before Christmas, I've had lots of interest. What was from, the name of that from, one? From the US, get getting real with it. Getting real with getting it. Getting real with oh. it. With oh, with it. Oh. The, the, yeah, there's a way that they obviously say it, but um, yeah, I can send you the details of that podcast. Oh, thank you. So I've done I've done a few podcasts. I love doing podcasts and talking about bed down and having the opportunity to spread awareness. So I, as I say, I'm really I'm really appreciative that you would want me to come on your oh. podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm with those one. Um, no, I'm grateful. Oh, oh, we appreciate that, Norm. Thank you. Um, so last week you were in Sydney and you yes. were at the the Funding Network Australia and learning about making a pitch. That's right. So the whole the whole process, how the Sydney opportunities come about, was I just before Christmas. There's an organisation, charitable organisation called the Funding Network. And what they are, they organise events and they're live crowdfunding events. And there's one in March coming up. Mm-hmm. And just before Christmas, I applied to be part of that. And then I, I got told I've been shortlisted down to one of seven organisations and got through to the next stage, which was a panel interview with nine people. And I somehow managed to get through that as well. And I've been chosen as one of the three organisations to pitch on the night on the 5th of March, which is around youth. 18 mm-hmm. to 25 and that's how this pilot's going to come out, come about because on the night we'll raise an amount of money we're going to wait and see what that looks like um, but that will go towards the Sydney pilot but part of the process is you go through a pitch coaching workshop and they tell you how to pitch because you've only got six minutes and I've got to I've got to condense a story <laughs> yeah. that I can talk for hours and hours on <laughs> yeah oh, right, it. 46 minutes wow so far. okay yeah. already and I've got to condense that down into a six minute pitch so that was an amazing workshop. Uh, Rob Irving is an amazing guy, and he took us through a great workshop. Three organisations that were there, bed down, making tracks and creating chances are the, are the two organisations. Oh, brilliant. They do amazing stuff as well. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and it would have been a really great table to sit around with all those ideas and great um, friendships you've made probably for the future. That's it. And, yeah. you know, one of the one of the things was I had to take a pitch coaching buddy with me to sort of bounce ideas off. And guess who? My right-hand man was there, Peter Ranson, the CEO of Secure Parking. Awesome. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. He is amazing. Because, he is. yeah, he, just from what I've seen um, when he's done short little captions in the interviews, what you've told us, he sounds very down-to-earth and just like, yeah, Awesome. Doesn't I'm, seem like he's one of these big moguls at the top of yeah, companies. It can yeah. see a great idea and yeah, totally. That's it. He was all on board very, very quickly. Yeah. And it's like I say, you know, parts of this journey, things just sort of drop into place. And I don't know if parts it's of meant it, to my, be. my dad's been looking down at me or the planets yeah. have just aligned. It's just all come together. You know, it's been, it's been very challenging. It's been very, very challenging. You know, I've got a... I've got, to, I've got to give my wife a shout out, yes. Leslie, my wife, because without her, you know, I wouldn't have been able to pursue this because we went from two salaries down to one salary and she's had my back all the way through. She's been so supportive, loving and had my back all the way through. I can't thank her enough. Aww. She's been amazing. Oh, I'm the superhero cool. in our midst. Yeah. <laughs> she is. That's brilliant. She has been amazing. Yeah. And... Mm. Yeah, I, I love a little love Christine stories. Christine being speechless. Yeah. This well, is interesting. Oh, <laughs> um, so, yes, well done, Leslie. Yeah. Yeah, so good. I love you, babe. You're amazing. Oh. If we're, for this year, 
I know we don't have a date of when Bed Down will start up again for Brisbane. Mm-hmm. It do. What this, are some things that you'd like to let us in on? No, no. So this year, this year. look, this year, I, I think uh, the journey will continue. I, I'm very much a believer in the law of attraction. I've seen it too much. So putting out the good vibes there and I think it will all come back. So the main priority for this year is to get Sydney up and running and Brisbane back. So the two sites. So we First need, and foremost. Yes. So we need people jumping on the website, donating. Yes, that would be amazing. Yes. Look, I think we've worked it out, give or take, that $100 will help provide safety, security, shelter, sleep and services for three people a night. Wow, that's awesome. That's a good investment, really, isn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, well, Norm, thank you so much for giving us your time today and all this knowledge and that we're sharing with our listeners. And oh, it's, it's just really lovely. Is there anything we haven't covered that you'd like to um, no, pop in? No, just thank, well, thank you for the opportunity to come in and let me talk for most of it. My apologies. I didn't oh, warn you before that. Oh, I no. I think you had the opportunity to, no, to add yeah. a few questions in there. And, and thanks for spreading the word about Bed Down through your networks. That's, that's amazing. But, yeah, we're on, obviously, all the socials, LinkedIn, yeah. Instagram, Facebook. I'm not sure if you post any links. Yes, to any we of those, will. We'll pop them on our show notes. That'd be amazing. In our um, other sharing. My, my email, if anyone wants to reach out to me personally, is norm at beddown.org.au. I get a few emails, but... If you reach out, I will come back to you. It may take me longer, sometimes depending on the volume, but uh, I will come back to you. Yeah. Oh, well, fantastic. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Norm. And thank you. We're going to sign off for now. We'll stay up to date with your with all the progress of Bed Down and yourself. And if ever you wanted to come back on for another chat, we're I'd more than welcome to give us an update. Yeah. yeah. See how this year goes. I'd yeah. love to. Awesome. You're doing great work. Oh, thanks, awesome. Norm. What a great episode. I would like to thank you for listening and I really hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. I would like to now invite you over to our exclusive Facebook group where you as our listeners will be able to interact with us, each other, see photos and additional extras that accompany each episode and be the first to know what we have coming up. If there is a particular topic you would like to hear more about or someone you think we need to interview, please drop us a line at letstalktinyhouses at gmail.com or via our Facebook group. You can find this podcast series on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast app. And while you're there, please show your love by giving us a rating. Hopefully it's five stars. Our show notes will be available on Podbean along with any podcast corrections and amendments. The Let's Talk Tiny Houses podcast is brought to you by myself, Christine Murphy, and my business, OCD, Organising, Cleaning and Decluttering Specialist, which can be found on Facebook or through my website, ocdpro.com.au. I would like to thank all my co-hosts for their amazing contributions and Joanne Helder for editing all our audio and making us sound so fabulous. Until next week, please take care and enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself.